Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 29, we reflect on our time at Hearts and Hands 2019, and we talk with Lydia Metzger about vulnerability as an artist. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Steinenberg. Drew, how are things going for you? Well, Tim, you've been a part of like a musical or some production like that before, right? Yeah. You know how like throughout the, the, the weekends that you're putting on the musical, everyone just kind of does everything they need to to pull through. And then the week after that, everyone gets super sick because they come down from that emotional high and they're... They just let their immune systems catch up. Yep. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, All right. So So your your immune system is being dragged behind you. Yes. Yes. But the show must go on. So here we are. That's right. But yeah, we just finished up Hearts and Hands 2019. It was a fantastic time. Tim, you got a chance to lead a worship session. How'd that go for you? It was good. I mean, it's definitely kind of a nerve-wracking experience when you're in a room with a bunch of other creative people, a bunch of other people who, who do the same thing. And you're like, Oh man, I don't want to be that guy who makes this mistake or whatever. I don't know if you had similar experience with yours, but I was just one of those things where it's like, man, I wanted to do it because I wanted to be able to show a different type or a different style of worship. But I was, I guess I was just nervous. Yeah. And I think I, I talked to a lot of the other guys that led a, led one of the worship sessions and it was really cool because we, we had six different worship sessions and we had guys from six different churches lead each one. So there was a lot of cool variety and stuff like that. But in talking to the other guys, they all kind of had a similar idea of like, man, this is, you guys all know if I'm about to make a mistake or that I just made a mistake and everything. So like, it's very nerve wracking. But the, the funny thing is, I think all of us made mistakes and all of us like it got noticed like all of us noticed other people making mistakes but it it didn't matter because we were all just kind of like yeah you missed that that a minor chord but i mean we were still worshiping jesus and it that's what we're there for right Um, yeah no i think that's the cool thing about being a part of i know letting yourself be vulnerable and that's really what we hit on with our our conversation with lydia this week is just saying it's okay to be vulnerable and especially when you think of your I think back to what uh, Lori Gauger said when when she says, I'm writing for a group of, you know, critics who are pastors and teachers in the Senate or whatever. And those are the people who are going to be seeing her work. It's the same sort of thing for for artists and for songwriters, too. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think Lydia has a lot of good thoughts about this, both from the point of view of a learner and a performer and a a creator. So let's get to that interview now. Today, we are excited to welcome Lydia Metzger to the podcast. Welcome, Lydia. Hello. Lydia, for those who may be unfamiliar with you, could you give us a brief who who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Lydia Metzger. I'm currently living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, but I'm, a, I'm an American. I grew up in Minnesota. I went to college in Wisconsin for uh, violin performance. I got my undergraduate degree in violin performance in in May of 2015, and then got married and then went back for my graduate studies at Madison in a master's degree in violin performance, and then graduated from that in December 2017, and then moved to Canada shortly afterwards. 
So I've been living in Canada with my husband, Peter Metzger, Pastor Peter Metzger in in Alberta, Canada for like the last year or so. And I've been really enjoying life here now. We just, just this past week, we're at Hearts and Hands with you. And you, you and your cousin Sarah gave a keynote. And in that keynote, you touched a lot on vulnerability as an artist. And that kind of, you know, can affect can affect you throughout the scope of your career. So I thought we'd kind of take it step by step and just start with as you are as you are learning a craft or a, or a new artistic medium. How do you feel that vulnerability is important, or how it affects you as you are approaching something new like that? Sure, vulnerability is something that I've been thinking about lately. I, I teach music lessons at a, a music center here in Edmonton, and I'm. I'm in an orchestra in the area, and especially with my students, I really try to work with them on different ways they can work on being vulnerable, both in their lessons and in their performances. It's something that I've thought about with myself taking music lessons for as long as I have. I started piano lessons when I was five, violin lessons when I was eight. So I've pretty much been getting feedback on my playing like on a weekly basis for for most of my life, a large majority of my life. And I've also had the practice of having to go in and talk to a a professional musician every week and kind of (laughs) let them know how, how I'm playing all the good weeks that you have playing and then those bad weeks that you have playing. So feeling comfortable with those bad weeks, especially is really an important part of tapping into being vulnerable when you're, when you're preparing your instrument. Now, I think when you're a new student learning an instrument, I have a few adult students, and and particularly when you're an adult student, it takes an extra level of vulnerability because, you know, when you're a kid, you you have less inhibitions. You're really quite willing to try most anything. But as an adult, you often come with a little bit more baggage or a few more hangups about what it is to to try something that you don't feel comfortable doing in front of a, a, a near stranger at the beginning. So I think there's, there's so many benefits to, to music lessons besides that practice of vulnerability, but I think it's, it's healthy and it's important to be able to learn how to mess up in front of someone you, you really admire or, you know, really talk through the mistakes or the hangups that you've had during the week with your practice with a mentor or someone that you can learn from. Do you think that vulnerability when you're learning a a skill, especially uh, like music with music lessons, leads people to give up easily or get too frustrated and just, you know, give up on their craft? <laughs> that sounds like maybe that's something that's happened to you, Tim. I don't know. <laughs> it's just um, there have been times that I definitely like I'm like, no, I don't want to be judged on this. Like I. I even tried, I took one year of guitar totally. lessons and I totally tried thinking like, you know what, having someone there to mentor me will be good, but I didn't, I don't know if I just didn't want to be held accountable for it or I wanted to learn at my own pace. And I just, at that time, I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. Yeah. No, I think that's a really important point. Jason Jasperson touched on this briefly in one of the round tables at the Hearts and Hands conference this last week, kind of thinking and walking into lessons with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, I think is really important. 
I should say not every, you know, not all my students walk into their lessons with a growth mindset, willing to like, you know, be vulnerable and figure out and work through their mistakes with me. That's not, I mean, it'd be great if everybody did, but that's just not realistic. But I think as much as we can empower and enable and talk to our students and our kids about working through those times when you're frustrated or working through those times when you fail, working through those times when you just don't want to go to lessons. I've definitely had days where I just don't want to go to my own lesson, even in, even in college, even when it was what I was studying, but learning to be resilient from that and keep an open mind about how those failures can actually help you to grow and become a better musician. So then kind of taking it to the, the next level, I think that there's kind of, at least in, in my experience, it, it feels like vulnerability is, isn't something that you just are become okay with. It's, it's something you're supposed to like overcome. So like at, when you're first starting out on an instrument, for example, you have to be vulnerable and learn from your mistakes. But then as you get better, then you're, that's just something you've overcome. I've practiced enough now that I'm just really good at my instrument. So I don't need to be vulnerable anymore because I'm just so good at this. But I think you would obviously <laughs> disagree with that. Is that correct? Yes, I would definitely disagree. <laughs> So, so what, what do you view the role of vulnerability at the, at the next step when you're not just, you know, at the beginner or intermediate stage, but you're trying to master an instrument? What, why is vulnerability still so healthy and so important? Well, I can use an example from my own life with this. You know, I, I have a master's degree in violin and that's, that's, that's a big deal. And I've put a lot of good work into it, but I definitely don't feel like I've learned everything that I could. And I definitely don't feel like I have mastered my instruments always in a way that I, I'm comfortable with. I feel like there's always room for me to grow and, and benefit. My mom is a professional pianist and she went back for her doctoral degree when in, in her forties, having already had like a, a healthy career on her own of performing. And she got lessons again in her forties and, and got a lot of good benefits from that. Specifically for me, when I moved to Edmonton, I was about six months away from my master's degree, and I was practicing on a, on a daily level, but I didn't really feel like I was moving, moving forward in the way that I wanted. So I actually reached out to a violinist in the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra here in town and talked to her about taking lessons again from her. And it's, it's different going back, especially when you have this wealth of experience and certain hangups that you had when you were younger and learning your instruments aren't there anymore, but in its, in its place can be more hangups. Like, you know, being told again about a certain skill or a certain technique that you've worked on a lot and you've heard about from several other teachers, but you still haven't quite mastered or hearing about a certain concerto that you're working on and hearing an entire new opinion from a brand new teacher can really open yourself up to to again having to to face those failures and face the criticism and learn how to move forward with them as as a healthy adult it can really be tempting to just kind of shut down and say like i have this experience i know what i'm doing i'm i i'm going to just do it my way for as long as i can but keeping yourself open and vulnerable to 
messing up in front of, again, mentors and, and advanced teachers and learning from them in the process, I think is invaluable. I think it's as a professional musician, it's just what we, we do for your entire life. So how would you say that mindset shifts when you go from, you know, we start talked about learning an instrument to mastering it. Now let's say like it, it's literally your career to to perform or to play for people, a company, whatever it is. How, how does that mindset shift? How does that uh, vulnerability shift when it's no longer just for yourself or just for your teachers or your mentors, but now it's for an audience? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I think that there are a lot of good things that come from being able to perform from a vulnerable place in front of musicians. I was talking to my teacher here in Edmonton about vulnerability and a creative career recently. And she was, she sits in an orchestra where she gets to see professional soloists come in week after week and perform at their highest levels. And she, she and, and I who can watch from the audience can see those performers that come from a vulnerable place. Maybe they, they play with a certain passion or they, some notes slip, but the musicality continues. And you can just tell that they're, they're, they've accessed a vulnerable part of themselves that's able to perform artistically and musically from a very personal place. And I think, so as, for, as an audience member or as someone who's supporting a soloist, I can definitely feel that. But then if I'm performing, I had a, like a, a series of sonata uh, recitals last spring where I had to perform several several sonatas a uh, couple of times. It, there's definitely a feeling of playing mechanically or playing just to hit the notes or to get the A plus, you know, like hitting all the right marks. You can perform that way. And sometimes that's a very comfortable place to play, but it doesn't often allow you to connect with your audience in the same way as if you you do find a vulnerable place. So I guess tangibly for me, if I'm if I'm about to go out and perform and I'm thinking about trying to perform from a vulnerable place, I'm thinking about the other people in the audience, my family or friends, people that I really want to connect with, people that I've people or experiences that I've thought about as I've been practicing my pieces to perform. And it's a much more, it's a much richer experience when you work on accessing those places of vulnerability. And I think once you experience that, like what it is to perform with a level of vulnerability, you don't really want to go back to the automatic, you know, hit every note way of playing. Also, I guess if I could go off on this too, as students, when you're in music school, it's so tempting to just hit those notes and make sure that you have everything right because you you're learning everything at a very accelerated speed and there's a lot of intense pressure and there's you want to do the right thing you want to get the A plus but I think I've learned a year a year and a half after getting out of school that there's so much more to than just hitting those right notes I think it's great to be in school and it's great to have that really concentrated study but I've really enjoyed figuring out who I am as an artist away from school and away from rigorous deadlines and things like that. That kind of leads to the one other area I wanted to touch on, which was not vulnerability as a, a performer, but vulnerability as a creator. 
and I don't know exactly how much experience you have in, in creating new music or art, but how do you feel, what do you feel the role of vulnerability is as you are making something new? Yeah, I'm definitely not a composer. I do have some experience doing art and I've, I try to draw a little bit every, every so often. And, you know, often I'm asked to perform a new work by another composer. And there's, I mean, there's several, there's a whole philosophy behind that. You can see the performer as merely a vessel to like, to transmit the composer's thoughts and works. You can also, also think of a performer as their own personal person who brings their own expression in life to a, a piece of paper with some dots and notes on it. I prefer to think of the latter. <laughs> and I have had experience performing other people's work. And it's really an exciting thing to be able to collaborate with a composer and really talk with them about what they meant when they were composing the piece, what message they were trying to convey, and then basically be that that person for them that brings their thoughts and feelings into the world. That's that's like a really great, a very great and satisfying job to be able to do. I've also started doing like putting some improvising into my own daily practice because that's not something I'm super comfortable with. I'm classically trained. I love having notes in front of me. But I think a lot of music, a lot of music students and a lot of performers could really benefit from, you know, spending 10 minutes at the end of their practice just kind of playing different notes and hear how hearing how it sounds and how they relate to other notes or chords on your own instrument. It kind of there's a feeling of like letting your inhibitions go and I think it's I think that is one tangible way you can work on accessing some vulnerability on a daily basis and it really only takes like five or ten minutes but messing up and making some weird sounds on your instruments making some beautiful sounds on your instrument accidentally and then trying to figure out how to get back to that beautiful sound I think there are a lot of good benefits from doing that so if you were to wrap up this idea of being vulnerable as an artist, whether that's a visual artist or, or a musician or whatever, if someone is listening right now and saying, I fear that, what could you say to encourage them as just kind of like your one concise statement? Hmm. For someone who's afraid of being vulnerable, I, I guess it's important to know that we're all pretty afraid of being vulnerable. It's not something many of us are very comfortable with. So know that you're not alone. And it's not like something that, that I've mastered or anyone has mastered. But I often find if I'm afraid to do something like a performance or you know something else, leaning into that fear honestly has a lot of good benefits. So kind of being able to identify the fear and identify maybe what you're afraid of and not shying away from it, but really leaning, leaning into it and being uncomfortable for a time just has enormous benefits either for your music playing or for other aspects of your life. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Is there anything that you would like to pitch or plug any projects you're working on or anything your, your friends are doing that you want to get some publicity? Sure. Well, it's summer here, so it's my schedule slowing down just a little bit. But for the most part, if you want to keep track of what I'm up to, you can find my website at LydiaMetzger.com. And I'll have all of the concerts or recitals that I'm, I'm playing in, in the Edmonton area, but then I'm also in the Midwest 
in, in the States every so often. Cool. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. It was a true pleasure to have you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. If you were unable to join us for Hearts and Hands 2019, uh, don't worry. We've got plenty of cool uh, video content coming out from that. And there's lots of big plans on the horizon for what's next for the community of Wells Creatives and also with our partnership with Bread for Beggars. We've just got lots of cool ideas that hopefully we'll be able to announce very, very soon. If you have people that you'd like us to talk to or questions you'd like answers to here on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And we definitely appreciate the support we've been receiving on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to check it out for bonus content and for uh, uncut episodes and things like that. We'd love to have you check that out. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Bye.